Welcome to ASME TechCast, bringing you the innovators, the innovations, and the issues that push the envelope of engineering. I'm Jeff O'Hare. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. This was special. I mean, here you heard Kennedy, and uh, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I, I just, I couldn't even explain it to you. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The space effort itself, while still in its infancy, has already created a great number of new companies and tens and thousands of new jobs. We were developing technology that had never been used before. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Liftoff on Apollo 11. As an engineer, can't want anything better than that. Welcome to our special report celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing and the engineers who made it happen. All this is possible only through the blood, sweat, and tears of a number of people. The Apollo project employed roughly 400,000 engineers who worked toward the ultimate goal of sending man to the moon. That happened on July 20, 1969, when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, aboard the Eagle Luna Module, landed on the moon's surface. The third astronaut, Michael Collins, who you just heard speak, remained in the Columbia Command Module during the landing. Fifty years later, engineers who worked on the project remember it as the most important and exciting job they've held throughout their long and satisfying careers. This is their story. Still not receiving buzzes, audio. Good evening. We've come to the conclusion that this has been far more three men on a voyage to the moon. We feel that this stands as a symbol of the insatiable curiosity of all mankind And that's what those engineers were doing. Most of them were fresh out of school or signing on to their first real jobs. Almost immediately, they were helping to create new materials, technologies, structures, and spacecraft that would make the seemingly impossible dream of walking on the moon a reality. All Americans, including Neil Armstrong, couldn't thank them enough. To all those Americans who built those spacecraft. Did the construction, the design, the test, and put their heart and all their abilities in, into those crafts. To those people, tonight we give a special thank you. ASME member Tony Cacciope, who spoke earlier, was studying for his engineering degree at Pratt Institute when he landed an internship from 1965 to 1970 at Grumman Aircraft in Bethpage, New York, where the Apollo Lunar Module was designed, developed, and built. The, the benefit of the co-op experience, and some of the engineers at Grumman I worked on even told me, they said, you're able to see many other departments, and here I'm stuck in one department. So I got to go environmental control, instrumentation, aircraft, spacecraft, which was a wonderful experience. I was hired in 1963, and I was assigned as a instrumentation engineer. That function became so varied, it was pathetic. 
That was Mike Lisa, who we heard at the beginning of the show. He's a former Grumman engineer who now heads up the volunteer program at the Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, New York, where he and other Grummanites recently met to reminisce about their time working on Apollo 11. Many engineers shared a similar experience. Because so many of the components of the Apollo program, such as the space vehicles, the radar and guidance systems, the computer hardware, were made on site and from scratch, the engineers had to work in areas outside of their job titles and core competencies and with brand new technologies. But that faith in those new engineers wasn't built on blind trust. Those newbies worked alongside older engineers, many considered stars in their field, who were willing to answer questions and help a young counterpart do the job right. They were all galvanized in achieving a national goal that most of the world also embraced. Craig Houston, Apollo 11, that's that and gave us a magnificent ride. Uh, Roger, 11, we'll pass that on, and it certainly looks like you're well on your way now. That was Neil Armstrong praising the launch vehicle. The, the people were excellent that you worked with. There were people that were asking you questions that really challenged your assumptions, for example, when you're presenting results. And we just, everybody really felt kind of confident, you know, going into the mission. We felt confident that we were going to make it. There was a good reason for the confidence that Peter Kachmar just spoke of. In 1965, Kachmar began working at the MIT Instrumentation Lab, now called Draper Laboratory, where he helped to develop the algorithms and crew procedures for the Apollo Rendezvous system used to guide the lunar module from the command module to the moon's surface and back. Like other engineers who worked on the program, he recalls that every component and system was tested and retested and tested again until there was absolutely no doubt that it wouldn't fail or that it would hold up under the rigors of space travel. If you do due diligence and you, you, know, you present the results, the, obviously the technical a technical meetings at NASA, you're questioned on your results. Just make sure you're truthful all the time, done the best you can. There was no butterflies. It's, it's almost like you know you've done it and you're going to succeed in this. It's almost like no doubt. But that doesn't mean the engineers weren't particularly anxious when NASA's quality assurance inspectors visited Grumman's headquarters where the lunar module, also known as the LEM, was being built. The QA inspectors would go over everything, and when they were around, we were as nervous as could be. We, the entire team, was nervous as could be. Yeah, we're about to open the hatch now. Right. Buzz Aldrin reporting that he's halfway into the uh, LEM. Uh, this view is inside the LEM cabin. Mike Lisa remembers one especially nerve-wracking incident when the inspectors were checking out the clean room where different versions of the LEM were being assembled and tested. All of a sudden, one of the inspectors, with no explanation, shuts down the entire operation and forces everyone out of the clean room. So we're all outside. What's the problem? We don't even have a clue what's going on. Well, it turned out that the inspector found a piece of gum, chewed up, and spit out on the floor of the LEM. What that did is precipitated an incredible inspection that looked, took almost a week. Hi, Wilco. We're just finishing up the... Uh and uh, about to close up the hatch here. We're going to be a couple minutes late, probably getting started in the PTC. 
You can be sure Buzz Aldrin didn't find any discarded gum in the lamb or anything else wrong with it for that matter. The lunar module proved to be one of the most consistently reliable of the Apollo mission vehicles. To this day, it's considered one of the world's most important engineering achievements and remains the only crewed vehicle to land beyond the Earth. We had an extremely successful communications checkout with the lunar module using its code name. Philip Jackness, a 44-year ASME member and former Grumanite, served on the Society's nominating committee that designated the Lunar Module a National Historic Mechanical Engineering Landmark in 2002. It was important that it be designated as a landmark because it really was an iconic engineering feat. In communications, the Lunar Module Eagle looked good. In fact, by the time the Columbia Command Module splashed down in the North Pacific Ocean on July 24th, the Apollo 11 mission looked a lot better than good. Millions of people around the world shared the success of one of the most important engineering feats of all time. A half century later, the achievement remains as important as ever to the engineers who worked to make the dream of sending man to the moon a reality. It's somewhat emotional. It's still emotional. One step for man one giant leap for mankind. Emotional. I remember I cried. I cried. And today I still cry about that experience. It was a wonderful experience. Wonderful experience. ASME would like to thank Tony Cacciopi and all the other engineers for taking the time to speak to us and for their contributions to the Apollo 11 space program. For more podcasts and feature stories about the Apollo 11 anniversary, please go to ASME.org, ASME TechCast on SoundCloud, and see the July issue of Mechanical Engineering Magazine. I'm Jeff O'Hare. Thanks for listening.